Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here with you. When I had the vision to do a podcast, it was kind of like, well, I'd love to have a space to speak. I'm a Gemini rising. My North Node is in Gemini, which North Node is your karmic destiny. Gemini is the communicator, if you didn't know that. So speaking and writing are the things that I love to do best. I love to speak. I love to write. I love to channel. I love to discuss. I love to invoke. I also love to dance. I also love to make love. I love to cook. Lots of other very embodied things. Um, But there's something really, really true for me about the space of communication with that Gemini rising and North node in Gemini. My Chiron is in Taurus, which if you don't know, Chiron is the wounded healer. I did not mean to just start off on an astrological tangent, but you know, it happens. Um, So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, well, welcome. Um, You will figure it out soon enough. And I imagine most of you do have a little bit of a language around astrology. So Chiron is the wounded healer. So there's a myth and there's a whole story. I think a Greek um, Chiron is the wounded healer. My Chiron, the planet of Chiron is in the sign of Taurus. Both of my parents happen to be Tauruses, which is interesting, right? So my sacred wound is in the sign of my parents. Doesn't that make sense? They are um, the deliverers of that sacred wound, the um, activators. And Taurus is like, is the space of food and body and sensuality, um, garden. It's like a sacred gardener. Um, Also can be stubborn, right? Taurus is a bull. But when I think of my natural gifts, like my natural gifts, speaking, writing, communicating, um, my moon in Aquarius is like uh, creating community, bringing people together for a greater cause. And then my my Taurus, Chiron and Taurus is more an edge of growth this lifetime. Like, ooh, I love to cook. Oh, this is so fun. <laughs> I love to make home beautiful. Ooh, this is so fun. Um pleasure. Ooh, but it's not like the natural place. But I do love people that it's just so natural that they're like, oh, let's eat, drink and be merry. Like, let's dress up. Let's uh, spend money on beauty and pleasure. And um, those type of people are medicine. You know, I feel like they give us permission because I'm not like that as naturally. Like I've developed that skill. And I think with astrology, we develop um we 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 come in with these like particular imprints and codes and then we can develop beyond them so i have become a person that's like okay i'm going to spend money on this luxury and pleasure but that wasn't necessarily like natural for me i love astrology i love human design i love uh gene keys for ways of self understanding that are beyond the mind and personality and persona, because a lot of personality and persona are um, external. They're ways that we have developed patterns of behavior, patterns of self-expression that 
are in reaction to family, to life experience, and to reality, where when we look at something a little bit deeper, like gene keys or human design or astrology, those are not reactive patterns to current realities or to traumas or life circumstances. Those are more soul imprints and codes that we have come in with. So that to me feels like untouchable in a way, in a really beautiful way, whereas the personalities that we develop identities that we develop are often a reaction to something else, right? Um, or um, part of some sort of a ecosystem of reality and the, the reality that we live in, that we have to use these quantifiable roles and identities in order to create structure in the world. But some of those have been chosen for us. We didn't choose them. Some of them actually don't fit us at all. So I'm coming to you from Boulder today, Boulder, Colorado, where I've been living for one year. I moved from Los Angeles to Boulder a year ago. Um, a year ago, I moved into a gorgeous home with my partner, Eli, and um, have been navigating the realms of sacred partnership together for two years. So we are now in a few months of our third year together. Um, we're embarking on our third year. So we're a few months into our third year. And it has been one of the biggest, beautiful portals of growth and awakening for my soul um, in the last bit of time. It's like a whole different it's like a, a soul hallway with a door that's like, okay, you're going to go down this one now. You already like went and sat in all these other soul classrooms. Are you ready to go through this, go into this classroom? And it's going to be different and you might not like it, but you might like it some days. I feel like sacred partnership has been that for me. It's like, it's way more uncomfortable because um, when you're when you're in your own initiatory processes without a witness, like another human watching, I feel more comfortable in that space, like going through my biggest, messiest, dirtiest, darkest unravelings without having someone like seeing it. But the thing about partnership, it's that there's another person who's witnessing everything and you can't really hide from them what you're going through. You can't hide from them any of the unconscious material that's sort of like finding its way into a room. And it's it's like this dark cloud. You're like, oh, I don't even know what's happening. Well, yeah, because it's like unconscious stuff that's like trying to come up to the light. It's trying to, to move out of the depths of the basement cellars of your being. And it's trying to come onto the main floor. And you're like, oh my God, no, anything but that. <laughs> Go back, hide. You like little teenage wound rebels, like grumpy, angry self. You go back, hide. I don't have space for you because I'm busy and I run a business and I like have to do my hair and get my nails done. And then I like have to leave. So, you know, it's like, I don't have time for that, but like we have to have time for that. There's no way not to have time for that. It's everything um, on the journey. Otherwise, like Carl Jung said, which I love so much. It's like the unconscious will dictate our life or guide our life and we'll call it fate. Oh my God, how come this keeps happening to me? How come this keeps happening to me? Why did this happen to me? And until we make it conscious, we just think that like, this is my fate or destiny, but it's not. It's our unconscious that's leading us there. I'm taking a sip of my Chinese herbs um, to support my cycle. 
So I just want to open up the season first by saying thank you to you all. I love getting the DMs and the emails, um, just being on a journey together. The fact that we like to talk about the same things makes me love you. <laughs> the fact that we like to laugh about the same things, that we are, you know, modern spiritual practitioners who are also kicking it in this world right now. And the world seems to be going through a massive transformational process, which a lot of the saints and mystics uh, warned us about, told us about. We likely incarnated during this time. I've heard some people say that the Kali Yuga is done, but I've heard some people say that it's not. So I think it's kind of semantics. I mean, to me, it feels like we're still in the belly of the beast of transformation. Um, and that that's what we're here for. We're here to help the old structures fall away that were really born from ego, from human ego, like getting and taking and conquering. And so we're here to transform the structures that were built off power into love. I mean, it sounds so simple in that way. And yet the process of it is excruciating. I mean, it's excruciating on so many levels. I think looking at climate, looking at gun, like violence. If that is not an outward expression of a, a deep, deep collective shadow that's actually no longer fully in shadow, it's it's popped up. It's up. Um if it were just in shadow, it would be like a deep, deep pain that was just hidden underneath everything. But the deep pain has surfaced. The fact that so many people, so many shootings have happened. It's There's a deep, deep pain that is like up on the surface. It's blatant. It's blatant. And it's like, if we can't see that, right, with everything happening politically, it's a real big time. There is a lot of transformation happening on this planet. A lot of cycles that feel like they're not at the end yet, right? Like they almost feels like they have to get worse in order to get to, to completely die out and then to be reborn. So I feel like the gun violence, Roe versus Wade, climate um, crisis is all like, oh, things are still getting a little bit more... Uh, intense before they crumble and where do you and i fall into this so here we are here we are on planet earth in 2022 uh, walking together and trying our best to transform that egoic hunger for power and for more 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 into love into sharing into awakening um into grieving feeling expressing mourning um, not pretending anymore, right? Daring to feel big. That's the, the title of my next book, which I'm so excited about, which is going to be coming out with Sounds True, incredible publisher who published my first book, publishing a bunch of my best friends books also. Um, our incredible editor, Diana, shout out to you. You're amazing. So my next book will come out in 2024. It's called Dare to Feel. Subheader is TBD. Um, and that's another piece, right? Can we dare to feel what's happening in this world uh, right now? 
it's terrifying to stop and actually feel what's happening and not just pretend that everything's cool. And then to not let it call us down like a well of oblivion, but to let it move through us like a river and open us and then have heart open to life. So I want to share a little bit today. It's a little bit of a, of a plug for a class that I'm doing. I've not done like a, a shorter masterclass, like in terms of my career as a helper, mentor, healer, teacher, priestess, sacred space holder. I've had Moon Club, which is my container of online ritual and moon circle that started in 2016 and went to 2020. So I, I, I had that, which I created. And then I've had another group container, Radical Awakenings, which is more embodied practice where the other one was more journey and intentions. Uh, but I've never done like a one-off master class. And I've seen a lot of people do this and it sounded fun. Um, I'm usually wanting to kind of veer away from anything that requires too much promotion, but it all does. And that's part of being an entrepreneur. And I, I will get super excited to promote the things that I really love. Like my book, I will promote it probably forever because I'm like, I put a lot of love and I channeled deep material for that book. Um, like my upcoming retreat, which that might have happened, might have already happened by the time this podcast comes out. But any of my retreats, I am super stoked to promote because being in a room full of women, dancing, men too. I did a co-ed experience in May in Zion with my partner. And we're going to be doing more uh, co-ed retreats for um, any gender expression. And so I guess it's more than co-ed. That's all ed, which I don't even know what that means. <laughs> everybody everybody um but anyway i love sharing about my retreats and marketing my retreats because i love having people in a room together in deep sacred practice because most of our lives we are not in sacred temple space together we're in grocery and we're in computer and we're in tv and all of that so for me saying come into sacred space with me what do I even mean by sacred space? I mean, I'm creating a field of energy where you get to get out of your head and drop into your heart and drop into your belly and drop into your pussy if you have one and lean into a deeper energy sourcing from something deep within you. You don't have to work as hard. You don't have to do as much. It's like you're like sort of relaxing into yourself. And for me, that's one of one of the ways that I feel within a sacred container Sacred space also has certain components where someone is holding the container of time, holding the energetics of the field of energy people together. So say I'm having a retreat, like in May, I had um, two beautiful priestess, Dakini, incredible women holding the energetics, right? So they're really noticing the room, what people need. If everybody starts to be sort of sleepy and like kind of slouchy, then they bring the energy of breath, sit up, you know, they bring the sit up vibes, they bring the like heart forward vibes. And so they are like these sacred conductors of a room helping me to conduct the energy of a room. Um, and it's very, very important. And it's very, very subtle. And I remember I had a teacher once who it's like, if there were, if there was one sweat sweater out of place, like on the floor, 
that teacher, like it, it must be kind of moved quickly because it, it kind of was like an energetic degradation of the container. My partner and I kind of laugh about this because he was in that kind of deep, that kind of particularly held space for a long time. And now I think he kind of bristles at that much structure, that much kind of like um, where I'm like no water bottles in a room because you know what happens? Water bottles in rooms like they they fall over and they're loud and I hate it as a teacher, as a facilitator. Um when people have water bottles all over the rooms and then inevitably it's like dung, 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 dung. so i'm always like water bottles at the back of the room i will give you a water break um anyway these are things i don't mean to digress but i am <laughs> that create a sacred container um that create a sacred space right like you go into a temple and you take your shoes off you bring an offering you're not yelling though i did once bring a, an old friend, she, we're no longer friends, to Burning Man. And we went to the temple and she was like, I'm going to run around naked screaming in the temple and laughing because that's how I want to come into a temple. And there were people grieving everywhere because the temple at Burning Man, people are grieving. They're bringing um, relics and photos of people who have passed away. And um, she thought that, you know, the sacred rebellious thing was to run around naked and laugh really loud and scream really loud, which I did not agree with because I I just felt like these people are in a deep process. Um, so I think most of us would agree that when we're entering into a temple space, it's not that we can't laugh. I mean, not that we can't dance, but there's a certain amount of reverence and attunement to each other. Like we're attuning to the field together. It's not about me for me anymore. Okay, so back to, so I'm creating... I'm doing, leading my first um, online masterclass. It's a six-week program, um, and it's all around inviting your deepest heart and soul creative expression to move forward into the world, unblocked, unleashed, unraveled, what else? <laughs> Unadulterated, unencumbered, all the uns. But, you know, I have been sharing and and this is very different. I want to I want to really delineate that I'm talking about this from a very feminine soul place. I'm not talking about it from like a fire, get shit done, creative energy space. For me, that's the last phase of creativity. But the first other phases are dropping down and in and really deepening into sourcing from deep down below, sourcing from this deep well within us. And a lot of people kind of skip ahead to like the like fiery, just do it Nike slogan kind of energy of expression. And I'm also not calling it something that is around doing because it's not so much around doing that I want to initiate you into. I want to initiate you into opening your sacred channel of expression. And it is creative and it is sexual and it is heartfelt. And a lot of women are terrified of this channel, right? Because we, a lot of us have wounds in the sacred feminine creative channel. I write about this in my book. The um, throat holds a lot of collective wounding, not just for women, but a lot for women. The heart also and the, the cervix or womb or pussy. 
and then we're now experiencing that even um yeah even more it's it's arising again that that's a place of wounding right just feeling the intensity of what if you're a young woman who has gone through an experience of rape and you live in a place where you can't um get an abortion right or you have a a fetus that's misforming inside of you right like it's not correctly formed and you can't get it taken out um that is so traumatic um and that's on the very extreme side but what i'm saying is that there's still wounding happening to all of these parts and so for women to open and of course, men too, but I'm speaking of my own female experience, but to open this sacred channel, which is the channel that our gorgeous expressions of love and creativity and awakening come from. But for us to have the courage to open that channel is opening to a lot of things, a lot of painful things, a lot of potentiality. But I want to teach you how to do it for yourself, first and foremost, not about necessarily having to um, invite anyone else into that space, but opening your sacred channel of creative expressions that you can create and express from your soul, not from your head, not from your patterns, not from your personality, not from your personas. All of that is boring. There are things about you that are only unique to you. And if I were to ask you right now, like, okay, what are the five things that are super unique to you? What would it be? What are mine? Um... I'm half Brazilian, right? Like I grew up between the U.S. and Georgia and Brazil. Um, I speak multiple languages. Uh, what else is super unique to me? Um, I've dated all genders, loved. Um, I've grown up with, and I don't, it doesn't all have to be trauma, by the way. I'm going to say a few things, but I've grown up with um, trauma in the home in terms of Parents that had childhood sexual abuse, mental illness, addicted addictions. Um, I've had my own journey alchemizing those things, which is unique to me. I have like this like romantic slash gothic slash mystical soulness. Anyway, those are a few random things. <laughs> um, and, they, and I also like those are a little bit, uh, you know, those are some easy to reach ones because I didn't plan that in advance. But think about what some of yours are. And, and if you do this class with me, we'll keep going layers deeper because one thing that I learned early on was that the language of my soul is particular. Um, the things that I just shared are, are not necessarily language of my soul, but there are pieces to the language of my soul, to the to the flavors of my soul that make me uniquely me. And this shows up in my loving, this shows up in my writing, this shows up in my love making, this shows up, in, especially in my home, how I decorate my home. It's so, it's so directly an expression of who I am on the inside, even my hair, my makeup, all of it. Um, and there is so much fun to be had there is so much just opening satisfaction like yumminess to be felt when we honor the deep sacred channel and the deep soul unique imprint that we are for me i started expressing it through art when i was quite young like 18 so it's been a long time of that and I work with a lot of women who are trying to feel liberated enough 
to actually express their what they really feel. And I'm using feel and truth a little differently. Truth feels more uh, like vertical to me, like truth, right? Someone said that at our tea ceremony on Sunday, lovely woman named Kim. Feeling feels more horizontal. I'm interested in both. But in this program, I'm going to help you with the feeling, expressing the truth of what you feel, but not just feelings on the surface, not just feelings as reaction to life, but feeling from deep, 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 deep within. Truth feels more sharp, feels more absolute, and it's a little less of like the feminine jungle. <laughs> That's what I want to help you tap into is like the the soul that is that is like your feminine jungle with all of the different scenes and feelings and the rich like mm, fertile ground there um and a lot of women come to me and they're like okay here's what here's what i should be uh expressing right ooh sexy pretty this whatever powerful but i'm like yeah but it's like very that where's the nuance? Where's the multidimensionality? Where's the kaleidoscopic view of you? And we live in a world where often online people are praised for this kind of absolutist, black and white, heavily opinionated um, delivery, right? And I just feel like we are so much so much more nuanced and paradoxical, which is something me and my friends saw talk about a lot, that at the spiritual journey, there's a point where you're able to hold paradox, that it's not just black or white, it's not just this or that, that we kind of know we're at a certain point on our journey because we can't hold paradox, which is totally fine. Like, love that part of us, all of us. Um, but that we come to a place where we can hold paradox and nuance and and that it may feel more it may feel easier to just create a very clear opinionated expression of yourself of your deep self but what if you're more multidimensional than that so anyway in this class we are going to dive in under the surface of all of the personalities and all of the personas and all of the things that you've told yourself that you are or you're not and all the ways that you've learned how to express yourself and to express your heart and to express your desires and your message and your whatever but that some of them are outdated and some of them are coming from programming and it's up to us to feel. Now, I feel that the things that have also been the most resonant with the outside world are so the most unique to my soul. I almost know that when something really deeply resonates, it's because like I tapped on something so true within myself. And we'll look at this together. We'll look at pieces of writing or artists or creators or um, thought leaders who are, there's something so distinctly unique about them, but that also has its universality. Um, and what's interesting is like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't, you don't have to take yourself out of it. Um, in the spiritual space, I see that in a, in a way, like in the artistic space, it's always been okay for you to have yourself in it. You look at someone incredible like Marina Abramovich, who so funny, a few years ago on our Radical Awakenings Instagram, like there were, we posted, I loved posting like female artists who I deeply admire. 
I posted something about her and we like got some like crazy hate mail from people who are like, she's a Satanist and all this stuff. Um, of course, we Googled it. And we're like, I don't know. What is this? I think it was some kind of like QAnon-y stuff, but I didn't get too deep into it. I love Marina. Um, her autobiography is incredible. Highly recommend it. Um, but her whole body of work is related to her identities, to her um the things that she has learned, her trainings, her uh, curiosities. And so I see, I see sometimes like in the spiritual space, people kind of removing themselves or decentering themselves, but then their, their ideas are still out there in the center, but the sort of humanity of them and the grit of them is no longer there, which I just find to be that there's this, um, association with if you're in your work or if your image is in your work then you're it's egoic which i think is such a patriarchal kind of thing to say or it's almost like it's almost has both it's like rebellious against that and that you know and it's like you could see both sides right like oh if you're always talking about your stories and your um ups and downs that that could depending the nature and the tone, it could be egoic. Or it's actually such a deep offering when given from love, when it's not coming from like a sort of swampy, needy, or look at me kind of a place. And that artists have been doing that forever. And it touches something in someone, right? It touches something so different in someone when um, you're like, hey, everybody, Love is real and we are all one versus going, oh my gosh, this morning I was at the grocery store and um, I forgot my wallet and I was in line and I was like, shit, I have all these groceries. And there was a 16 year old girl behind me and like she had like three $20 bills in her hands and she, um, you know, she, she, she looked at me and she said, um, you know, uh, here, I want to give you $20 and maybe it'll get you at least part of your groceries. And she kind of smiled at me and she looked kind of embarrassed and her cheeks kind of got red and then my cheeks kind of got red. And then, um, I don't know, something about it. I just was like looking into myself at age 16 and thinking, wow, like she's already becoming a woman and how generous of her and whatever you get the point, right? That in that story, I'm revealing to you that love is real. And it's so much more interesting to me than just someone saying, love is real. Anyway, uh, this is some of the stuff I'm going to work with you on in the class that we're going to do together, you and me. Um, it's having the courageousness to make bold moves in your expression. And I'm not saying as like a writer, you don't have to be a writer. This can be the way you express your heart at home to your partner, to your kids, Right. This is this is about your insides coming outside, metaphorically speaking, um, in a beautiful way that feels right for you. Not something that you read on a freaking meme. Oh, this is how I this is how I put my outside my insides outside. OK, I got to do ABC, one, two, three. Like, no, I want it to be your unique, freaky, amazing self. My partner calls me his freaky, unique, beautiful woman quite often. Freaky, freaky soul. Like my cute little freaky freaky. 
And part of that is because I am very authentically myself, you know, not always. Sometimes I do really stupid, stupid stuff. That's like super copycat. I've had some copycat faces. Don't you worry where I've done. I mean, I think that's a part of the journey of any expression. You look to someone else to model like, okay, how do women love men? Okay, let me go. Let me go Google that. (laughs) Right. Or how do how do women uh adorn themselves in a certain way. Like part of that, I think is very, um, it's a very like instinctual process, animalistic, where we take clues from each other. Uh, But we each have this gorgeous soul expression that I want to help you find so that your channel is open. And we're going to very gently, beautifully, ritualistically open that channel, that sacred channel which is the channel that love travels through and the energy of creation as well. And expression is what happens after the channel's open. Expression is kind of like the last stop. I mean, not the last stop, but in our class it will be because we'll first be diving into um, unlocking and unblocking the channel um, and then feeling what's at the bottom of the channel. Like what's the truth? What's the truth of the channel? What are the feelings of the channel, the vertical and the horizontal? And then the last, last, last will be the expression of the channel. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about leading this class. Um, I'm going to put all of the information here. It's going to be six weeks. We're going to have three live master classes. And then we're going to have live Q&A spotlight coaching where you come on and I help you specifically with what you're working through, whether it's us looking, doing some of the kitchen work where we roll up our, our sleeves and we like knead the dough of your process and we like chop the veggies and like we get kind of in that nitty gritty together. Um, or whether it's some of the deeper shadow work, um, or whatever it is, I'm going to support you on that. And that's a great way for me to get to know you, for us to work together for the first time. Or if you want to come back and maybe you've worked with me in the past and you're like, oh, this is a great way for me to get some one-on-one work with Alexandra. If you come to those spotlight coaching calls, you will get one-on-one work with me if you raise your hand. Um, and it's very affordable price uh, to get that one-on-one work with me. And there will also be other additional resources along the way. And then you'll have those master classes to listen to. We'll be doing rituals each time. I'll be sharing um, anecdotes from my experiences along my journey. So you'll have that as well to kind of feel into how I've lived this for a very long time. Um In terms of embodiment and expression and sacred feminine practice, I've been living this for 20 years, you guys. I've been really living it. I don't just say that lightly. I say that in the sense that um, one of my deepest teachers who I met when I was 18, which will be 20 years ago um, in September, she is still in my life and we work together very closely now. um, And she can totally attest If you need a witness that that this has been my journey for 20 years, she, she's a great witness and I have others as well, but I just, I say that because I didn't just kind of stumble upon, um, any of this. Um, I have been out there in the world, deeply, deeply practicing what I preach and creating publicly, sharing messages publicly for a very long time. 
some of my first art was in a sweet little gallery in New York City as part of like a, I was, it was like in this kind of like brownstone and up the Upper East Side, I think, um, that I had made while I was living in Italy. I also, then I moved to Portland, Seattle. I showed all kinds of like really cool feminist photography. I was doing a lot of feminist photography at the time. I also directed plays. So I started really blending my spiritual journey and my soul's awakening journey and my sexual awakening journey with my expression journey. Um, I didn't get, I didn't start getting like the incredible praise for it until I was maybe, I don't know, maybe like 25 or something like that. Like, I, I definitely got praise in like in smaller ways, right? Like I was showing um, my films and film festivals, my short films, um, but I hadn't gotten international press yet. And I think my first kind of international press um, wasn't until I was like 27 or 28 which is a decade ago. And I've had consistent international press over the last decade while also still, you know, being in my practice. But, um, but even so there's a magnetism that I've always carried because I've been so close to my soul as I express. It was so like, I'll, I'll, I'll end on like a, a little story. Um, I wrote this script when I was probably like, let's see, 23 or something. I was living in Portland, Oregon. And um, I had a really eccentric, amazing boyfriend. Anyway, I went to LA I was to, to spend a month to write. And this is something I've kind of done, this kind of self-imposed writer's retreats or uh, artistic retreats for a very long time. Uh, so I went to LA, stayed in my friend's Silver Lake, tiny little studio for a month while she was like, working at Cafe Figaro and um, Los Feliz. And I was writing this script called In Pursuit of the Pomegranate. And it was very metaphorical, very artsy, very symbolic. And it actually walked through um, the tarot. And so it took you through the mythological journey from fool all the way to the death. Um, and really through the lens of these two archetypal lovers. Oh, it was so beautiful the way it existed in my mind. And anyway, I went back to Portland and I was like, I'm going to make this movie. And I found a producer who then connected me to these indie producers. And somehow I got connected to this actor. I don't know how. Jackson Rathbone, who was in Twilight. Do you guys remember him? He like didn't really say much because he was like the, the, the vampire brother who didn't say much. Um, but he had just done the Twilight movies. I don't even remember how I got his number. How was it my producer? Did my producer call his agent? I don't even know. But my um, friend at the time who was going to act in it as a female character um she met up with him and they totally acted out one of the scenes of my writing. Um, and if, this was, this is like so crazy that like we did this, but we filmed it and we put it on YouTube. I don't know why we put it on. <laughs> I think we were probably going to show it to producers. And so at the time that was like what you did, this was like, I don't know, 13 years ago, like you upload the video to YouTube and then you can email the link. Well, 
guess what? The guy got you know really famous. And so that video of the scene from that, from that film, I got to find it actually is on YouTube. It's on YouTube, Jackson Rathbone. Um, that film did not get made. I ended up making a different film instead that was less artsy because that film would have required like a lot of kind of like CGI of like magical things. Like there was this mis- mythical tree of life that had all these um, kind of souls woven into it, like little cocoons of spider webs and stuff. So it's very fantastical. It was almost like Pan's Labyrinth kind of style. Anyway, I'm only telling you this story not to bore you and wax on and on about my creative process, but because I was so fucking passionate and so stoked on this writing in the script, I got somehow this Hollywood actor to like just, you know, drop what he was doing. And um, did I have coffee with him? I think I did. <laughs> anyway, um, I got him to be interested. And that was before I had any press, before I had any, you know, kind of public clout. And that is, it's part of when you're, when you're creating from this deep, deep place inside, anything can happen. And not everybody has the same karma as each other and me you know we have we have different paths but when you're living in that place it is magnetic when you're living so close to that um true nature of your soul and your soul's journey it is so magnetic it is so um yeah so that's what i want to connect you with in the six weeks that we're going to be together it's like really dropping you into that field of your own magnetism I'm excited. So join us, join us, join us. This is the first time I'm doing something like this. Um, and I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great timing. And this season, we've got some amazing people. Um, some that I'm like really squealing, like jumping up, up and down because I've been trying to get a few of them for a long time. Um, some dear, 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 dear friends with intimate, really raw conversations. Um some men, OMG, yes. I know we on the first season we had Dr. Will Sue, we had Diego Young Pueblo, who I think we're gonna have him back again this season. So it's gonna be good. And please keep sharing with your friends. Like I pay for this out of pocket unless we have sponsors. I'm always down for sponsors. Um, I would love more sponsors. I loved having the ones that we did over the last two seasons. So calling in some sponsors and also the more that you share, the more that you review. If you are listening, please drop a review. I noticed the other day, my heart got a little tender. I was like, oh my God, I wish there were more reviews. Uh, if you've read my book and you like it, please drop a review. Like as an artist, that just, just, it makes me so happy. I also have a Substack paid subscription where you get to private or well, two very special group calls, but with other paid subscribers where you can ask me about writing and art and spiritual practice. And, um, and then you get access to a bank of embodiment practices as well, which are really special and really magical. So that those are ways that you can support my um, work that really are so like really help, you know, Um, buying my book really helps and it's not too expensive. And also the Substack subscription is not too expensive. And, you know, one of my teachers, 
it has the concept of graciousness of like, where are we not being gracious in our life? And I really been asking myself that where am I consuming without um, giving back without giving back is not the quite right word. Where am I consuming without honoring in return? And I think we really have to be careful with that. You all just like mass consumption. It's like almost like going to a buffet that's been sitting out at like, what is What was it like sizzlers or something? And just eating from all the different little things in the buffet, which everyone else has been eating from. And, um, you know, not really considering the chef or whatever. Maybe that's a bad metaphor, but I think you get the gist. What are we consuming? What are we bringing into our gorgeous mind, body, spirits, and psyches? And if we are touched, are we are we actively acknowledging with words, with love, with money, how much we're being touched and impacted? And if not, I honestly don't think that the gods smile back and the goddesses smile back upon us. Like, I do think that there's an energetic um, circle of life, energetic um, kind of coming and going, giving and receiving channel. And so when we're in the energy of taking, it's very different. Or when we're just receiving, but we're not exchanging graciously back. So I say all this not to make you feel bad ever. That's not my intention, but bringing awareness, right? That is my intention. And I'm, you know, first and foremost, honored by just having you here. And I would be honored with your support. So share the podcast, send it to a friend right now, get your little text out and text it to a friend, Um, you know, click subscribe and write a little review, something short and sweet or something longer. And um, yeah. And if you haven't bought my book, it's also something good to gift someone. I really consider it like we're doing good work. We're helping women to heal and awaken, not just women. I've actually had some incredible um, non women read my book and write me beautiful messages so consider gifting that and again i'm you know it's not a profit that i that i am seeing yet maybe i'll get royalties at some point soon but it's more just i want the message shared i want women to feel that sacred reunion of spirituality and sexuality and healing like i want that more than anything for all of us on this planet because I do feel as we heal the split between our minds and our bodies um, and our minds and our spirit, our mind and our soul, that we will honor this earth and the peoples on this planet with a lot more integrity and love and kindness. So there's a there's a deeper, deeper mission underneath it all. Thank you for being here today. Love you. Good job. You're doing great. You're doing great. Good job on the journey. Um, And I'll talk to you soon. I'm excited for this season. So uh, make sure you're subscribed. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo. And you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review. Give us a five-star rating. All that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.